0: Hey, on my Travel Burns podcast, I'm looking to have Katie Sarami. How are you today, Katie?
1: Doing great, Pete, thanks for asking. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Oh, I'm excited to talk to you. It's, uh, you're the CEO, founder, managing partner, director of, of Lost Layover.
1: Yes, that is correct.
0: <laughs> How's that sound?
1: Oh, it sounds pretty awesome, right?
0: But you're also the janitor, the, you know, the travel agent, you're everything.
1: All of the things, all of the things.
0: It's <laughs> so awesome to get to talk to you. Uh, it's so cool that you, you that you're on this journey, and you know, to me, you're you're a young person. So, kind of give us an idea, a background of, of how you got started.
1: So I got started about five and a half years ago. I always kind of had this itch in me where I wanted to travel the world and experience different places and cultures and people. And, um, when I neared the ending of my bachelor's degree in hospitality and tourism management, I started applying to different airlines, um, because I figured it was a way for me to travel the world and get paid for it. So I kept applying to different airlines and after college, you know, it didn't happen right away. So I got involved with working in hotels and casinos and restaurant management for a little while. And then I eventually landed a job with a charter airline and kind of went down that path for three years flying for three different airlines and um, as a VIP charter flight attendant. And through that, I started taking pictures while I was traveling, you know, started on an iPhone, and then I was gifted a Canon point shoot camera. And then from there, I went and I bought my first mirrorless camera and then upgraded from that about a year ago. And Um, actually about a year ago around this time, I quit my job to, you know, travel more on my own terms and pursue my own business ventures. And now I'm doing that, just that out here in Hawaii.
0: You're on Maui, which is a great place to, uh, work. What made you think you could do this? I'm always curious, like you're a young single woman and you're traveling the world basically by yourself, Right. you're a photographer, a videographer. I mean, what made you think you could do this?
1: Um, Honestly, I kind of just always knew that it was possible. I never really understood necessarily how it could be possible, but I kind of just told myself if you go through the motions and you kind of just meet people and make connections and nourish your relationships and stuff, it'll eventually work out and things just kept coming together as I was traveling. You know, I was meeting all these people and things were happening and, I would get different gigs and that's kind of exactly how it happened here. When I got to Hawaii, I came out here on a work trip and I was like, you know what? Like, I don't really have, you know, necessarily anywhere that I need to be at this moment, my apartment in Fort Lauderdale sublet. So why don't I just stay here and see, you know, (laughs) out here and then different job opportunities started falling in my lap, like in the tourism field and stuff. And I was like, You know, it kind of just made me realize the more you put yourself out there and the more you make connections and make it a point to be real with people and open and honest and just connect with them on a genuine level, 90% of the time, people are going to be willing to help you out or point you in the right direction. Or, you know, they know somebody that knows somebody that, you know, might need your services or need your help or what have you. And kind of just always having that mindset of knowing that it'll always work out and it is possible if you put in the effort and the consistency behind it, it'll eventually, you know, come to fruition. And that's kind of just how I've always thought about it.
0: I mean, It's definitely a hustle, right? I mean, sure. it's not like you have a nine to five and you know, you're going to have this and that set up. I mean, how, but, but so you started doing photography how long ago?
1: Uh, about five years ago when I became a flight attendant.
0: But but you, like you said, it was an iPhone. So then you went to like a 5D or were you still like on, on the Rebel?
1: Uh, I was using a Canon Point Two, shoe, which is a camera where you don't have the interchangeable Anything. lenses. So it was yeah. a lens on it that couldn't be changed. And then um, used that for about six months and then bought my first mirrorless camera, which was probably about three and a half years ago now. So shooting on a professional camera for about three and a half years.
0: Okay. And, and, You're doing Photoshop and uh, any of the Lightroom? Yeah, I use
1: Lightroom and Photoshop.
0: Okay. And
1: then about a year and a half ago, I started flying drones and doing aerial uh, photography. How's that? It's great. I love it because it kind of keeps the aspect of being a flight attendant there for me, you know, being able to have that aerial perspective. I had
0: had my first experience with a, a drone where you put the goggles on, in, okay. in um, it was uh it was on the Big Island. The guy was out there. we were on the on the point. Or no, it was on on Kauai. And the, and the guy was flying it around, and I was just walking And he was the the drone was far away, like you couldn't see it. Right. And uh, so he brought it back, and he goes, Do "You want to try it?" I go, "I don't want to control it, but I'd love to look through, you know." And he did it, and so he was watching it. it was, so he ran it close by, but I was I had the goggles on. I was like, "Oh my god!" I felt like I felt like I was flying. It was cool. Yeah.
1: You can see exactly what the drone sees with those goggles, which that's going to be my next venture is those FPV drones. But they're a little bit tricky from what I understand because the movements are a lot different. They're a lot faster. Uh, And, you know, you're wearing the goggles, so it's a whole different perspective. You know, you're not just looking down at a phone screen or a smart controller. You're actually seeing
0: what the... I felt like I was flying. He he, he brought it down, not super close to water, but pretty close. And I was like, oh... I mean, it kind of shakes you.
1: Probably pretty cool, I would imagine. It was very
0: cool, very very yeah, cool.
1: Awesome.
0: So, what's next? I mean, do you th- do you think about what's next? I mean, like your next trip? Is it? I mean, especially with the pandemic. Are- I mean, you started this business during a pandemic. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, I,
1: did. I started building it in November during the pandemic. Yeah. Um. Do I think about what's next? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't, um, because sometimes I don't like to think too far into the future. And I kind of like to keep my attention in the present moment and what I'm doing and where I am now. Um, But, you know, at times I do like to plan ahead just so I have a plan and a strategy in place of what I'm going to do next. So for me, as of right now, I plan to stay out here for another six months. Nice. Um, and continue to build and, you know, establish brand partnerships and relationships with, you know, people and businesses around here on the island and also just around the world as well and continue to build my portfolio and, um, you know, build my brand and just kind of keep climbing the ladder of what I want to do with all of this and really get a clearer understanding of what my impact is with all of this in the world, you know, and travel and, um, you know, what all of that really looks like on a bigger scale.
0: Well, it's going to be interesting, I think for you, because you're right. I mean, I think everything's relationships, you know? Yeah. And and so if you build a relationship with the Hilton there, would you be able to work that into the Hilton in in Hong Kong and then set up a a photo shoot for the Hilton, you know, or whatever, but just relationship wise.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it, it really comes down to who's running the property and where, because the thing is with some of the hotels, When it comes to marketing directors and stuff, some of the hotels have marketing directors for each specific branch and some have marketing directors that oversee multiple different properties. So it kind of just depends. But the thing with the hotels is once you have the partnerships and establish the connections and create the content and execute it in a way that they're happy with, uh, 90% of the time, you know, they're likely to allow you to visit other properties and, and work for them at other properties as well.
0: Well, and, and like yourself, I mean, they probably won't stay at that property forever. And and as they move around,
1: right. Right.
0: Your, your contact is now moving around.
1: Right. And, and the thing with it too is, you know, when you establish the connections, it gives you the opportunity to go back yeah. and, uh, you know, do work for them again. And that's what I like about, you know, keeping a focus on relationships because it allows you that opportunity that if you do want to go back and, you know, do more work or do things a different way, because we're all constantly learning and growing as yep. human beings. And obviously, that's interchangeable with art as well. So, you know, you may be able to go back and do things a little bit differently than you did the first, the second or the third time.
0: How important is, is social media to your business?
1: Um it's pretty important, I mean, considering that that's where the basis of my entire business lies yeah. um, everything's kind of funneled through social media, you know through links, and obviously it's kind of like essentially become my portfolio now, where you know all of my work is showcased on there, aside from my website and my blog, and um, I have a print shop linked in there as well, but for the most part, everything that I do is through social media, you know because these brands want to see that. You have the quality of content, the engagement, the reach and the influence.
0: I mean, that, that as an older person, an old guy, you know, my generation, we say, ah, social media is terrible. Ah, it's it's ruined the young people. And I always say it's like, it's no different than anything else. If if you use it for good, it becomes good. If you use it for bad, it becomes bad,
1: you know,
0: and there's, so there's people like you out there that are using it for good and it's awesome.
1: Yeah. It's a powerful tool. If you use it correctly, you know, you either use it or it uses you.
0: (laughs) Well, I was going to say, you know, even back 20 years ago, you know, uh, your business would not exist. I mean, it just, there was no social media to have, I mean, you literally had to be a professional. I mean, it it just didn't exist. Like now it's like, even like my business, you know, my podcast wouldn't exist 20 years ago. I'd have to be an accredited radio show and I'd have to work my ranks, you know, And instead, now I can just reach out to people and say, hey, you want to be on my show? They're like, yeah, great.
1: Right. Which is awesome because it it gives you a whole different realm of opportunity to kind of work in, you know? And I think that that's really cool to see, you know, when you look back 20 years, how none of this stuff existed. And then, you know, we're in the present now of having all these things. But then you think, okay, but what is 20 years further down the line in the future going to look like?
0: Well, I see. I, I even look at it as, as. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Someone's gonna could, could potentially watch this episode with you and I, and they could be going, God, I would love to be, do what she's doing. I have thought I right. could. And she, they just need to hear that someone else did it. And yeah. so this, this is just a channel for someone else to go, all right. I would love to travel the world. Name some of the places you've been to so far.
1: Uh, (laughs) Um, I've been to Japan, Iceland, Ireland, Spain, Bulgaria, Romania, Jordan, Kuwait, the Bahamas, Dominican Republic, Mexico, Greece, Greece, yeah, uh, Germany, Belgium, quite a few places.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not bad for a Jersey girl, right? Right,
1: not bad for a Jersey girl.
0: Yeah, do you think that? Uh, you, how important were your parents when you were growing up? That that were they the ones that said, "Hey, you can accomplish whatever you want," or was it your friends, or is it?
1: Um, my dad had always said to me, "You know, you can do whatever." you set your mind out to do as long as you don't quit. And I think that that's where consistency comes into play because if you keep pushing at it and you keep pushing at it and you keep pushing at it, no matter how many times it doesn't work out or, you know, partnerships don't work out or whatever it may be, eventually something's got to give. So eventually somewhere, somehow you're going to eventually break through. And yet, yes, it can be frustrating and it can you know, lead you to points where, you know, we all have these thoughts of, ah, you know, this isn't working out, maybe I should move on and do something else. But I really think, and through my experience, you know, the more you keep pushing at it and just nudging and nudging and nudging, eventually you're gonna break the glass.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. You know, we see the pictures of, I mean, your your pictures are, are beautiful. Thank you. What are the downsides? like obviously you're not going to post the, too much of the downside parts out there, you know, what,
1: what... Um, I think a lot of it is, you know, being a content creator and someone that travels and does things like this for a living. You know, when you're creating content like that, it takes you more so out of the moment. And even for me, you know, it's very peaceful and still for me to be shooting and looking through a camera and stuff. It's like, as a photographer and a videographer and a drone pilot, you're always looking through things, either through a lens or a screen. So I'm not gonna say it takes away the beauty from it because it doesn't, but you're looking at life through a whole different perspective. And I think sometimes that's something that could be a little bit challenging for me because I'm a person that likes to be in the present moment. So sometimes there's moments where I'm just like, I wish I could just put down the camera and just, Enjoy this, but at the same time you have to get the content for the brand or whatever it is You know that you're doing for work, so yeah. it kind of takes away from it in that sense and Also, you know traveling can be frustrating for people things happen, you know, so you always have to be keen to ad- Adapting to change easy and overcoming challenges and be able to problem-solve quickly because you know Sometimes there's delayed flights. Sometimes you miss your connections. Sometimes You know, the the reservations are wrong or the car rental isn't there when you get there. So, you know, there's a lot of obstacles that you have to overcome with traveling. And another big challenge is changing time zones a lot. That was a big thing that, you know, I dealt with, especially being a flight attendant, you know, where you're 18 days on the road and 10 days out of uh, of those 18 days, you're in a different time zone. And then by the time you get home, it's like, okay, like what is going on here? I don't even know what
0: you know, times of
1: my body acclimated to. So it really can take a toll on you, you know, not only physically, but mentally and and emotionally and spiritually as well. So I think it's really important to have certain practices and stuff while you're traveling that kind of keep you set in a grounded state of being.
0: Do you share that on your blogs?
1: I do. Yeah. I I, I like to talk a lot about, you know, my experience, not just from a traveling standpoint, but also from a mental standpoint and a physical standpoint as well.
0: I, I think that's key. I mean, that's, that's the one thing. I, I don't think a lot of people that don't travel, they don't realize, I've talked to a lot of um, athletes and whether they're MMA fighters that, that have to go to Abu Dhabi and now fight in, in and, you know, the next day, yeah, you know, and, and Olympic athletes that now have to go back to Japan. Right. So, you know, it it can really affect you. I mean, for me, like, I don't like going, I'm in California. I don't like going to the East coast. Yeah. I lose at three hours. I love coming back. but
1: Yeah. It's the the time change is a funny thing, you know, because it's like, I think about it too. You know, I spent all these years on an airplane and stuff and it takes a toll on the body. You know, you might, might not feel it, but every single day of your life, you're traveling at over 700 miles an hour, you know, and it obviously, has an effect on the body. And um, I think people tend to forget about that. You know, even when you're driving in a car, you know, your body may not feel 60, 70, 80 miles an hour, but it's still probably not speeds that the body is used to traveling at. So, you know, when you're going at high speeds like that, it takes a toll and then on top of it, you're adding, you know, all these different time changes. Like when I came here from the East Coast uh, in Florida, it was a six hour time difference backwards. Yeah. But, you know, thankfully, I kind of, when I was a flight attendant, I had to learn and teach myself, you know, when to force myself to sleep and when to force myself to stay awake so that when I got to these places, I could maximize my time and essentially be automatically acclimated when I got there. And that's exactly what I did when I came here. I left like in the middle of the day and I slept the whole time so that I could stay up enough when I got here, so that when it was nighttime, I could go to sleep. And then I was just right away on the normal, you know, schedule acclimated to the time zone.
0: That's, I think that's key. And that's what a lot of the, um, the Olympic athletes I've talked to say, yeah, they start, they'll start training. And even like, uh, the the one female fighter I I talked to, she'll start doing her training at the time of when the fight's going to be, you know, eight or nine o'clock at night, East coast, you know, so it's just different.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a great way. It's, it's kind of like, Almost like a little bit mathematical to try to figure out, you know, leaving at this time. And if I sleep during this time, then when I get there at this time, I could stay up for this amount of time and I'll be good.
0: Yeah, we we did that. Like, unfortunately, we had our our, uh, trip to um, Japan scheduled for April of 2020. Mm -hmm. And in March of 2020, they shut everything down. Right. So, but we were doing the same thing. I started going, okay, well, if we leave at three o'clock at in the morning, you know, we're gonna land, blah blah blah.
1: Yeah,
0: it's it's pretty easy now to figure out that out. But
1: right.
0: I think I don't know how people. I mean, I, I have one friend that that uh, on the whim flew to Israel, and I'm like, like literally, he's like, he's one of my accounts, and I go, he goes, uh, he goes, hey, are you going, going back by through San Diego? I said, yeah. And He goes, hey, can you take me to the airport? And I go. Sure. What time is your flight? And he goes. I don't know yet. I'll book it on our on our way. I'm yeah. like, really? He goes. Yeah. Let me just go home and get a bag of stuff and tell my wife. I'm like, really? He goes. <laughs> and he booked the flight next, sitting next to me. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, so there was no math <laughs> going on there.
1: Yeah. It's. I've done stuff like that before too, and it's. It's like an adrenaline rush. It's. It's an yeah. exciting thing to do to just be completely spontaneous like that and just book a flight and go like not that this was a crazy trip or anything but last last year i had a friend call me one night it was like 11 o'clock at night i was living in arizona at the time and she's like hey what are you doing tomorrow you know my birthday's this weekend and i was like i don't really know like i'm on call for work but what's yeah. up and she was like she was flying for another airline at the time and i was at a different one than she was and she was like, come meet us in Colorado Springs. We have a two day layover and it's my birthday. Come to Colorado Springs. So I was like, all right, what, what flight are you guys on? I'll meet you somewhere and we'll all go to Colorado Springs together. So they had a work trip that laid over in uh, yeah. Dallas, Texas. So I booked a flight that night, <laughs> left the next morning at 5 a.m. and flew from uh, Phoenix, Arizona to Dallas. Surprise them all in the airport in Dallas because I used to work with them all. And then we all flew on the same United flight to Colorado Springs and had a whole weekend in, in Colorado Springs.
0: That's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, it was awesome.
0: So I'm going to ask you a tough one, I think. Okay. How, how does it deal? Uh, how, how do your personal relationships handle being so spontaneous?
1: It can be difficult at times, you know, because you try to make plans with people and you try to do certain things or, you know, attend family events or holidays or weddings or what have you. But, you know, when you're in a place like I am and you never really know where you're going to be or when you're going to be there, it can be a little bit challenging. And, um, I think it could take a toll on you sometimes, you know, and it's really important, especially for me having so many different relationships that are important to me in so many different places of the world, I think one of the most important things for me is making sure that I cut out time in my schedule to reach out and catch up and connect with these people to make sure that I'm maintaining those relationships and, you know, that they still know that even though I'm far away, I'm still there. And, you know, the connection is still maintained that way. But it can totally be different, difficult, especially, you know, now with me being in Hawaii and uh, which is now five hours from the East Coast, but that's where my entire family is and a lot of my close friends are in Florida and such. And, um... With Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: You know, when I'm mid morning, they're already like eating dinner. So it's like, if you're not up early or getting them before it's too late, you know, 90% of the time you don't talk to them because it's either, you know, too late or, If they call you early in the morning, I'm sleeping because it's, you know, three or four in the morning. Yeah, it definitely can be challenging. And um, I think a lot of relationships, I wouldn't say a lot, but some relationships tend to kind of just fade away because of that. Sure. Um,
0: I think that's life too, though.
1: Yeah, of course. But um, I, I think that that's the most challenging thing is, you know, trying to make sure that you keep those connections and nurture them and, and really keep them close to home. Because if you don't, since you're not around, like I said, they kind of just, they dwindle away.
0: Yeah. But, you know, just being able to FaceTime or, or, and have video. I mean, the, the this little thing right here is incredible, you know? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Cause,
0: cause I remember my daughter uh, did a summer internship in London and yeah. we were still FaceTiming every day. You know, yeah. and I'm just like, wow, this is cool. Like, I'm literally yeah. seeing what you see and talk and.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's pretty awesome to have Facetime because it's like you, you know, like you said, you could be somewhere and I can, you know, call someone and be someone really cool and be like, you know, I just wanted to call you and show you this really quick. Yeah. look how cool this is. Like, look at how beautiful this is. You know, and it's, it's, it's a really cool thing because it almost makes people feel like they're there with you for a second, and. You know, I get a lot of messages from people, especially through Instagram of people being like, oh, I live vicariously through you and you're yeah. so lucky to get to travel the world and, you know, have all these experiences. And I think that's why it's so great that I'm able to share that stuff online, yep. not only so other people can see it, but they get to see it from my point of view and how I see it. So well, I think, I think
0: it's a really cool thing. I'm, I am sound the same way. Like I, I, whenever I take work trips, I would take my camera with me and now it's like right. a lot on my iPhone, but I had one, one of my friends text me back saying, do you work? Because, you know, I go, well, do you want to see the picture of me sitting in the office, you know, or do you want to see the picture of me when I'm driving to to my next location? It's like right. no one wants to see the right. the grind part, but they want to see the, right. the beautiful scenery.
1: They want to see the exciting stuff.
0: Sure. Yeah. But then, but then it gave off the impression that, I, that I'm not working, that I'm all just driving around taking fa- fun pictures. And I'm like. Right. No,
1: (laughs) And I mean, I've gotten that as well. You know, I get a lot of questions like how do you travel so much or what do you do for work? And, you know, I think people lose sight of the fact that, you know, I've been traveling on my own terms for about a year now, but before that I had always made it a priority to choose a job that allowed me to travel sure, because it kept that aspect of adventure there for me. But, I was also allowed to get paid for it and that was cool because it you know, all of that kind of led up to me figuring out certain things and then realizing, okay, like if I build a brand on this, then I can do this, which will lead to this. Right. And then, you know,
0: do you have a mentor or anybody that, that, or, or somebody, maybe you look up to online?
1: Yeah, I have, um, a personal coach that I work okay. with that works with me on, on building out my brand and next steps and, you know, keeping me accountable and stuff. And then, you know, I'll also do mentorship programs with other photographers that are inspiring to me and nice. obviously YouTube. And, you know, I'm always looking for different courses or different webinars and things that I can take and invest in myself to better myself.
0: And that's the other beautiful thing about, youtube and everything google is i do the yep. same thing with podcasting right you know, so i'm always looking at new mics or this or you yeah. know camera setup or lights or
1: right yeah there's so much you can learn you know And photography there's an endless amount of different yeah. things that you can do with it so it's it's really interesting you know one of the things i got in, into recently is i started doing a lot of um like nighttime photography shooting the stars in the milky way and yeah and also doing light painting and stuff. And it's it's just interesting to see the different things that you could create with technology and also your own perspective and creativity.
0: Well, and, and the the I would say the, the relative low cost, you know, I mean, Lightroom isn't cheap and, and Photoshop's not cheap and your cameras aren't cheap and lenses certainly are not cheap. But relatively, you know, you're not talking eight hundred thousand dollars to start right. a business you know, right. you know right. with a lease and, and overhead and employees and this and that so yeah. I, 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 so i know how much lenses cost i have lens envy all the time when i'm out and about like, oh i go my wife's Ma, Ma, like yeah. my wife's like how much is that want i go that's probably about five grand she's like yeah. oh my god really I go, yeah
1: yeah it's so. there they're definitely a little bit pricey for sure and it adds up quick over time you know the more camera equipment you know you you buy and stuff; it ends up being a large investment. I mean, not right now. Between all of the stuff that I have, I probably have about twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars in uh-huh. equipment alone.
0: Yeah are are you are you trying to resell any of it as as you don't use it anymore?
1: Um, not really. I okay. mean, I think for me, I would prefer to like do a giveaway and, and give back rather okay. than reselling something like that. Cause I think there's a lot of people out there that have the desire to do photography or get into photography and things like that. And it's expensive to get started, you know, it's equipment isn't cheap as we know, you know, cameras are uh, decent cameras anywhere from eight, 800 to, you know, $5,000 just yeah. for the body, depending on what you get. And then you throw the lenses in there and you know, you're at seven, $8,000 really quickly. You know, so I had, um, I went to a workshop in Greece in, in June and they did a raffle and they gave away a drone oh, nice. and I actually won it. And I have, a I had at the time the Mavic Pro 2, which I had bought. And then I also had um, a Mavic Air 2, which I had crashed when I was in Mexico and then got the replacement, which I then ended up gifting to a friend because I'm like, Look, I'm not even in Florida. I'm in Hawaii. It's sitting in my storage yeah. unit. If you want go to go get, get it, it, it's yours. Have fun. Like, you know, I, because I think you know that stuff will come back to you. And I don't need three drones.
0: See, we're in the same same boat. Like, I, my my, my first equipment for my podcast was this. That's all yeah. I had. Like right. these these, and I, I used to tape it to my face to keep it up because it used to move around that you know so then i bought a mic um right. a yeti mic and then um the guitarist for billy idol steve stevens who i interviewed recommended this okay. pot this mic so i had the right. yeti mic so i gave it away to a friend that was talking about starting a podcast right, so right. I, you know it was like a 100 bucks i could have sold yeah. it for a 100 bucks but whatever right. so i yeah. feel i feel you yeah
1: it's just like i feel like it it gives you a sense of fulfillment, I feel like, to be able to do something like that for somebody. And it's like, what, what are you going to make off of it? A couple hundred bucks, you know what I mean? I'd rather give somebody else an opportunity to do something that they yeah. love than sell it and, and make a quick buck off of it.
0: I hear you. I hear you. So, yeah. so you got six more months in Hawaii. Are you trying yeah. to get to the other islands? Are you island hopping at all, or are you just staying on Maui?
1: I, I do plan to, to see some of the islands. I'd like to get over to the big island and see the volcano before it stops erupting. And yeah. uh, I definitely want to see Oahu and Kauai.
0: Yeah. We, we want to go back to When we went to Kauai, we got the most rain they've ever had in 24 hours. Yeah. They had like 22 inches of rain in one day. That's so. Crazy. Uh, they were rescuing people off the hel- uh, helicopters off the roofs and the flooding. We we weren't allowed to go see eighty percent of the island because of flooding. Yeah, so we literally were like in our hotel room for like three days on Kauai. We're like
1: ah, It's Here, beautiful there though, very green and lush and it's the Jurassic lush. Park island. Yeah,
0: so, so on the backside where you have to take a helicopter and all that, but yeah, it's a, it's yeah. literally where they filmed Jurassic Park. Yeah,
1: so. very, very cool. So,
0: what do you, what are you, what are you shooting now? Are you anything you can? I mean, I, I, I want my listeners to, I've seen your, your stuff, but what, are you, what yeah. are you focusing on?
1: So I do obviously a lot of landscape stuff, which is kind of, that's my stuff that I do for me. My landscape stuff is what I do for me. And then I do obviously hotel stuff. Um yeah. recently started getting into some product photography, working with some different brands, doing product photography, Um, started getting into light painting and then I also, um, work as a little side gig as an independent contractor with some photography companies out here doing, you know, family photo shoots, engagements, weddings, stuff like that. Um, just for extra money. It's a little bit expensive out here and just good to have a little expensive.
0: It's the most expensive place in the United States, but go ahead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know it's it's good for me because i like doing things like that because i'm constantly building relationships yeah you know like i said previously that's one of the most important things to me so i'm i'm getting to connect and meet with other photographers that you know are doing the same thing as independent contractors and you get to meet and connect with all the people that you're shooting so it's it's super nice to be able to have opportunities like that and then you know, in the meantime, making my hotel connections and doing collaborations with the hotels and then, you know, working with local companies, doing product photography. And then I keep my own stuff as my landscapes and, you know, just travel scenery stuff for me.
0: That's cool. I mean, I always look at it. I interviewed one other photographer and he does all landscape and he, he started because he owned a guitar shop and he didn't like the pictures that that people were taking of the guitars. So he's, he bought a a real camera started taking pictures of the guitars to post out. And now he's got 200,000 followers on Instagram and he uh, he quit his job. And now he takes photos and he's an official photographer for the city of Houston and a whole bunch of stuff.
1: So it's, it's possible. It's out there. Yeah. It's definitely possible. And there's, you know, there's quite a few people doing it and it's like, if other people can do it, so can you, you know, it's just working on your craft, developing your craft. And for me, I was fortunate. It was something that came natural to me, but, you know, using a camera isn't something that comes really naturally to anybody. Sure, the the perspective and the composition and the framing may, but everybody still has that learning curve of, yeah. you know, how do I use this camera? How do I make the settings work? How do I adjust the settings so things look proper, you know, because that's really what it's about when you're shooting photography. If you don't know how to use the equipment, you know, you could have the most expensive camera in the world, but if you don't know how to use it, the photos aren't going to come out. Right.
0: Yeah. Do you ever get that? Uh, cause I, I, this is for me. And I was just curious if you get that. I, I'll take some pictures, you know, cause I'm on the road and I'll travel and I'll take a picture and then I get back and I'll play with it. And I go, Oh man, I wish I could go back like three feet or I wish I could, yeah. I should have done this or that
1: yeah it happens to me still all the time and you know I think that's a part of the process and learning to really master your craft because even though it may not be a photo that I may necessarily use because of those things yeah. it's it's learning experience for me for next time to be like okay I need to back up a little bit maybe or be more aware of the framing and what's actually in the frame in the moment so that I can really adjust either my positioning or the angle or what exactly it is that's my subject to really get the photo and the composition and everything correct that I'm looking for. Yeah,
0: that, that, that's and the one I thing I always find.
1: Like, yeah, and it's like, I had wrote something on my Instagram not too long ago, you know, about every once in a while, cause it doesn't happen all the time, but every once in a while you really just, get a photo where you're just like wow this one is really really good you know and it's not something that happens every day or every time you shoot it's kind of like the same thing with musicians every song that they make isn't a top billboard you know trended song and it's it's kind of the same thing with art you know not every piece that you create is going to be your best piece there will be a lot more moderate mediocre this is okay type of photos and then Every once in a while, you get those few ones where you're like, this is incredible.
0: Well, the, other <laughs> thing, I, really the, the other thing I found with with art and, and being subjective, music, and I have some great episodes. I mean, episodes I'm like, God, man, I want people to listen to this episode. And right. it doesn't get that many plays. Yeah. For whatever reason. I don't know. And, and then there's other episodes where I'm like, "Ah, eh, that was all right. And then I'm like watching the counts. and I'm like, whoa. And same thing with photography yeah. there's pictures i love like there's pictures I, yeah. I want to blow up and and then there's other pictures that, that i saw so I the first picture i ever sold wasn't even one of my top 10 i was like yeah. like i'm like yeah it's nice and then someone's like oh i love it and i'm like really you know yeah. so it's it's just you know what touches you might not touch other people and I Yeah,
1: and it's funny that you say that because I started kind of experimenting with that where I would post two different photos on my story and then post a poll and let the people vote on which ones they like better. And it's really funny that you say that because I can honestly say 90% of the time when the people vote, they pick the one opposite to what I like the most. And it's really interesting because there's been a few photos in the past where I'm like, I don't really know like if I like this enough to post it and, whatever and then i end up posting it and it ends up being like one of my most engaged photos like i had posted a photo um from washington a little while back of me skateboarding in the middle of the street with a mountain in in the background and there was just something about it where i was like ah, i don't know if i like this and when i was editing it i kind of was just like struggling with the right. color a little bit and i couldn't get the color exactly the way i wanted it so i was like I'm not going to post this. And then, you know, I had sent it to a friend and they were like, Oh my God, that's so awesome. I'm like, you should post it. And I was like, mm, I really? don't know. And ended up just posting it. And it was like, everybody loved it. And, um, it's just really funny to see that. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. The photos that you think are the best are not, what everyone else thinks are the best which is a really interesting thing
0: i think i think musicians have the same deal like there are some songs that are really personal that they do and they they don't become even on the top t- top played of, of that album and then right. there's other ones that they that they know are going to be poppy or whatever and they they make and and they're now they have to play it for the next 30 years and they're like uh yeah.
1: Yeah. but the
0: song that really meant the most to them might not get played yeah so
1: that's, I that's think it all circles around back to not being so hard on yourself and not judging the work that you produce. Like just put it out because yep. you never know how people are gonna react to it. And it's really, you know, I've been humbled a few times in that aspect where they're like, like I just said previously, you know, there's been photos where I'm like, I don't know if I should, you know, put this out, and then you put it out and it goes the exact opposite way of what you thought about it, Nick really just made me realize just post it if people don't like it they don't like it and if they do they do yeah
0: well i i did my my first international um and my the only one i've done was uh masaki aono who's a japanese rockabilly singer and she only she doesn't speak english so we had to do it through a translation and i had the translator it was a three-way thing and and it's my second most viewed episode wow and and it was like her and I literally didn't speak to each other. You know, it was always true. But I, I, I'm getting a lot of plays in, in Japan because of it. So who knows? That's
1: awesome. You That's know? really cool.
0: So I and for a long time I uh, I reached out to her and I didn't know she didn't speak English. And then the president of her record label was contacting me, and because he spoke broken English, and then everything just worked out because my daughter's best friend from high school ended up being the the a Japanese translator for Sony okay. Pictures here in L.A. So, my daughter's like, Oh, you should have root Roo, contact Root and see if he'll do it. And I'm like, Really? And also, he's like, Yeah, I'd love to do it. It's just so everything that worked out. But yeah. I almost said no to it because I'm like, oh, I not it's not worth it. It's going to be a hassle. We right. don't speak, you know, there won't be that connection. <laughs> but now it's thousands of listens later. I'm like, Oh my gosh, how, I got to go back and see how it worked, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, that's cool because now you can, now you know, you can do that with anybody from anywhere in any language as long as you have a translator.
0: It's been awesome. I mean, like, like you know, we're in Hawaii, You're in Hawaii. I've had a a guest in Croatia. I had a guest in J- Jamaica. Uh-huh. I mean, so I yeah. I love I love technology.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I bet it's cool to be able to talk to different people from all different walks of life all around the world.
0: If if you like talking to people, which I do, so yeah, yeah, I mean, it's 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 crazy to think, you know, you can't even. I mean. It's impossible to think twenty years ago when I um, was—I'm mid fifties now. So you know, in my early thirties, late twenties, I would have been like impossible to say you're going to be reaching people around the world, right? You know, without having a a network TV behind you and all that.
1: Yeah, for for sure.
0: Yeah, so it's just—it's pretty cool.
1: And now I have
0: now I have a contact, a photographer, so when I go back to Maui, I can, you know, if I go in the next six months. So, you just <laughs> no, never know no, it
1: might stay longer but that's why I don't I don't like saying because I just I don't know you yeah. know opportunities come up all the time and a lot of the times they have the potential to change location and if it's going to change my location I'll go do
0: you think I'm curious because like like it's diff- it would be difficult to do something in Australia right now or New Zealand Japan because of the lockdown the pandemic and all that so is that it might be a good thing that you're at least for now planning on spending the next six months in Maui. Yeah.
1: And, and that would, that's been a part of the reason, um, just because with all the COVID stuff and things being so uncertain in so many different places, um, it gives me a chance to really sit still for a while and just focus on building Yeah, and really just kind of branching out more things and expanding myself and, it's easier for me to do that when I'm still for a longer period of time, rather than, you know, having the constant movement of traveling, traveling, traveling. I mean, I've been quite a few places this year and it's nice to just be still for a while sometimes. And then, you know, for me, when I'm over it and I get bored of the place that I'm in, I go somewhere else. Pretty simple. (laughs) Sounds simple.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well,
1: yeah.
0: I appreciate the time. What's the best way for my listeners to, to follow you and see what you have going on?
1: On Instagram at Lost Layovers and my blog at www.LostLayovers.com
0: So Lost Layover is you.
1: That's me. I got gotcha. Lost Playing Over. <laughs>
0: I'll make sure to to include all the all the links, you know, on, on my website and all that. So to make it as easy as possible for people to, to follow you. And once they see your photos, I think they'll They'll be in.
1: Yeah, I I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Thank you again for the time. I can't wait to uh, see what you still have coming up.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you doing this interview with me. It's been a pleasure and I look forward to uh, keeping up with your journey.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Katie.
1: Yeah, of course. Thanks so much, Pete. I appreciate it. Talk to you later. Bye.